the righteousness of faith. Father, we come to you once again, believing you, believing that you are and believing that you are the rewarder of those who diligently seek you. So, Father, without faith it's impossible to please you. We, by faith, seek you. We, by faith, know that you exist. We, by faith, know that you reward those that diligently seek you. We receive the reward of your presence. We receive the reward of revelation. We receive the reward of being led by your Holy Spirit within our spirit so that we can walk this life and live successfully and be the man, the woman, that you made us to be. Whoever we are, whoever is listening, each one would be able to be who you made them to be. In Jesus' name, we decree it and we say yes unto us according to your word, your will, and your plan. Now, open with me to 1 Timothy chapter 1. This is the mystery of the faith, a good conscience. We seek a good conscience, not a bad conscience. We'd like to know the difference, and we'd like to be on the correct side. A bad conscience is not worth having. It is futile, it's unprofitable, and it'll lead you the wrong way. But we seek a good conscience because it is profitable, it's godly, and it's right. Now let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 1. We're going to read a few verses here and there. We're going to go 3 to 5. Now, starting with verse 3, As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou might charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Charge them, command them not to teach any other doctrine, Timothy. Neither give heed to fables, endless genealogies, which minister questions, rather than godly edifying, which is in faith. Now, the end of the commandment is love out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and faith unfeigned, or sincere faith. The object, the purpose of our instruction and charge is love, which springs from a pure heart and a good, clear conscience and sincere faith. Hallelujah. Now, flip over to verse 18 and 19. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them might war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. The Amplified, holding fast to faith and having a good, clear conscience by rejecting and thrusting away from them their conscience, some individuals have made shipwreck of their faith. And then he gives examples. Of whom is Hymaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. 
Wow, those two individuals, they thrust away a good conscience from faith and were made shipwreck. They ended up in Satan's hands. They were blaspheming. They were speaking reproachfully, reviling, acting like the slanderer. They were, they were doing the, the works of the devil. And they, they shouldn't have been. They were on the right track and they got off. Why? Because they thrust away a good, clean conscience, a clear conscience. Chapter 3, verse 9, holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. Now, the Bible's very clear that there are distinctions made between a good conscience and an evil conscience, a pure conscience and a defiled conscience, a man that has become reprobate versus one that has good judgment. Now, what is a good conscience? If I'm to have a good conscience, what is it? What's a bad conscience? Is there a difference? And what is that difference? Well, a good conscience, you could say, is a good, clean, perfect conscience. And a bad conscience would be an evil, defiled, sin conscience, a weak conscience, or even a seared conscience. I'll give you some dictionary definitions. Good, having strength adequate to its support. So a good conscience has strength adequate to its support. Or good complete or sufficiently perfect in its kind. A good conscience is complete and sufficiently perfect as a conscience in its kind, what it is. It's also having moral qualities best adapted to its design and use or the qualities which God's law requires. It's that which contributes to increase happiness, benefit, prosperity, advantage. It's spiritual advantage or improvement. Good is actions which are just and in conformity to the moral law or divine precepts. Good is righteousness. This is a good conscience. This is a good conscience. We need to hold faith with a good conscience so that our faith has strength, so that our faith can be supported, so that our faith can be perfect in its kind, so that our faith can do what's right because it's right and get benefit and get prosperity and get advantage and improve us and spiritually advance us as we grow up and mature in the things of the Lord our God. A good conscience is a righteousness conscience. It's a righteousness conscience. It's one that is thinking right, that is working right, that is in right standing with God, that's walking with him, that's thinking his thoughts, that's the way he's going, we're going. And in the book of Amos, it says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? It's agreeing with him. That's a good conscience. Well, what's a bad conscience? Well, the dictionary lets us know that the Hebrew root for a bad, for bad, meaning a bad conscience, would be to perish or destroy. So a bad conscience will bring death. It'll bring destruction. It'll cause to perish. Other definitions of bad is evil, opposed to good, vicious, corrupt, depraved in morals. Wow. Bad is unskillful. Unskillful. No skill. Or feeble and oppressive. A weak conscience is a bad conscience. Paul talks about, in different of his letters, about a feeble conscience, a weak conscience versus a strong conscience. So it all comes down to this. Righteousness 
versus sin. Do you have a righteousness conscience or a sin conscience? A good conscience or a bad conscience? Maybe it's good in some things and bad in others. This is why he gives us room to grow and to develop. This is why holding faith and a good conscience is so critical. This is why the mystery of the faith is in a pure conscience. This is why other letters and other accounts say, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with him. When we walk in the light and our conscience is pure, our conscience is good, our conscience is perfect, we're we're walking in innocence and righteousness, we're doing what we know to do when we're doing with a clear heart, a clean, clear, good, pure heart with faith and sincere faith, the blood of Jesus looks after us. The blood of Jesus keeps us clean. He keeps us in that place where we have skill and strength to hear his word, to hear his voice, so that he can train us and raise us up in righteousness and make us stronger and make us more conformed to the image and the likeness of Jesus. Hallelujah. So in this, Paul is exhorting Timothy to charge the others to teach no other doctrine and that the object and purpose and result of the doctrine is love out of a pure heart a good conscience and sincere faith. Why? Why is he saying that? Because verse 19 in chapter 1 says that by thrusting away a good conscience, that faith will shipwreck. Faith would shipwreck. It cannot handle the assaults of the devil or the storms of life. It will be in the dark with no light to guide, resulting in crashing into the rocks or torn up in the storm. There are going to be storms in life. Jesus said that the wise man built his house upon a rock and when the storm came and the and the winds blew and the rains descended and it was beating on that house, it did not fall because it was founded upon a rock. And he said there that those that hear his word and do his word are founded on the rock. Well, Paul's telling us here that faith and a good conscience is necessary so that faith will not shipwreck. We do not want to thrust away our conscience from our faith because faith works by love and faith needs to be led by Holy Spirit because it's not of works, it's of the inner man. It's being led by Him. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So in a good, clear, perfect conscience that's got strength adequate to support the faith, Holy Spirit can speak. We can get through things. We can do things, whatever it is. You can make wise decisions no matter how great or no matter how small. You can advance in development and character and grow up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And things that were once hidden from you become clear, subtle things. Subtle things about being led by Holy Spirit. Things that you didn't realize that you were missing. And suddenly they become, oh, I'm hearing that still small voice speaking to me. Well, that voice is Holy Spirit. And he's guiding you into all truth. He's teaching you all things. He's showing you things to come. Hallelujah. Are you getting this? I believe you are. A good conscience yields strength, support, skill, and protection. 
by having a good conscience, you will have strength. Your faith will be strong. You'll be supported. You'll have skill. You'll be skillful. Skillful. You'll be protected because the blood of Jesus will keep you. The blood of Jesus will protect you. I keep referring to that. I'm going to go read that. 1 John chapter 1. Let's just go look at that briefly because I keep bringing that up. The Lord is speaking to us, and we'd like to hear exactly what he's saying to us right now. So 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, reading on down, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, with the Father, God the Father, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. Verse 7 in the Amplified. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have true, unbroken fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us removes us from all sin and guilt and keeps us cleansed from sin in all its forms and manifestations. Now, why would we need the blood of Jesus to keep us if we weren't doing something wrong? Why would you need the blood of Jesus to keep you clean and to keep you purged if there was nothing to purge. Let me submit to you that when we're walking in the light, it does not mean that we're doing everything absolutely flawless up to the perfect standard of the Father himself. What it does mean is I'm walking in the maturity level and the growth level that I have as his son. So if I walk on the level that I'm at with a clear conscience, with a pure heart, and with sincere faith, the blood of Jesus looks after all the rest. He protects me. He keeps me. That good conscience is yielding strength, support, skill, and protection. The blood of Jesus is protecting us from anything that we're not seeing, that we're not understanding, that we're not knowing. And in that place of fellowship, you are going to grow. You're going to hear his voice. And soon you're going to realize, ooh, uh, I've developed. I don't do that no more. Thank you, Lord, for keeping me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The other thing about this good conscience is the skill part. We must have a good conscience to be skillful in the word of righteousness. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 10, speaking of Jesus, called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Why? Verse 13, for everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. 
their senses. The Amplified says, senses and mental faculties are trained by practice to discriminate and distinguish between what is good and evil. Hallelujah. Now back to 1 Timothy. And in 1 Timothy chapter 3, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, he says in the King James, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, which was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. The Murdoch translation says, without controversy, great is the mystery of righteousness. And then in chapter 4, he says in verse 6, the latter part of verse 6, Nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. Refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. The Murdoch translation says, Exercise yourself unto righteousness. Skillful in the word of righteousness, having our senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Meditate on this. Think on this. Consider your conscience, where it's at. Be aware of what's going on so that you can be led by the Spirit, so that you can be walking by faith, so that you can be strong in faith, and so that you can do things motivated by love and have good fruit. In Jesus' name, I bless you. Remember, the righteous by faith shall live.